0: Well, glory to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're coming up into one of the more famous passages in the Old Testament. This is where God really sets Israel up and he causes them to choose a way in which they're going to live. And and, and one of the things that we see in this passage is that God has a heart for people. God's desire is that you walk in his way, not just so that you can get a bumper sticker that says, I'll walk in God's way. But God's true desire is that you walk in the blessed life. God's truest desire is that you receive from him for your daily need, that he truly would be, as Jesus prayed, you know, in Matthew chapter seven, that he would truly be your daily bread, that you truly would feast upon him, that you would know him, that you would abide in the secret place with God, that he would abide in you and that you guys would have communion with one another every day. That's God's desire is to know you, commune with you, to, to live in you and to be your God. And and here, God has just called Israel out of Egypt. Now, how many of you know what it's like to be in Egypt? I'm not talking about the passport place where you go and you see the desert. I'm talking about Egypt being a place of bondage. I'm talking about when you served a taskmaster. Maybe it was drugs or alcohol, or, or 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 maybe it was sexual perversion or pornography, or, or maybe it was lust or envy or greed or 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 the lust of money, which the Bible says is the root of all evil, leads us down all kinds of wicked paths. And a lot of times, if you look at the things going on in our world, it really boils down to a lust of money, a love of money. People people want their favorite politicians. Why? They'll fight for them huh, so that their 401k stays intact, so that their taxes go down. They, they they want this, they want that, but I want you to know that God is able to provide for your every need whether you live here or China or Timbuktu. Now, I'm thankful that we live in a nation where we can freely preach the name of Jesus Christ, but he is still God on the throne. Whether we live in a nation that is free or we live in a communist nation, God is still on the throne. He's still worthy of our praise, and I'm gonna shout his name whether it takes us to preach Or takes our head off, or whether we're able to preach openly like we are today, he's still worthy of our praise. And so we shouldn't be living our lives dictated by the politics of our day, we should be dictating the politics. We should be telling them to serve God, whether they're Republican, Democrat, indifferent, no different, whether they're in America or Korea, they should serve God. Our job is not to sign up people to a political group, but to bring people into the kingdom of God. Whenever Moses went to Egypt, he didn't try to start a revolt against Pharaoh. He didn't try to take over Egypt. He went in there with one mission. God said, go rescue my people. Go bring deliverance to my people. The desire on God's heart was that his people would experience freedom. Freedom. Now that freedom is available for each and every one of us. You may say, "I was born this way. I was born in this kind of sin, or I was born with the propensity to to lust after this, or I was I was born in a bondage of alcohol, or I was born with this kind of thought pattern, or or you don't understand what the the, the, the deck was stacked against me. You know, I had to make my own way, and as I was making my own way, I lost who I was." And God wants you to be found today. Yes. God wants you to know. God wants you to know that that's the power of Egypt, to make you think that you lost who you were. But God can rescue you where you're at. God can rescue his children. He knows, he knows how to rescue his children. There is a, a, a name of a Savior that you can call on. And his name is Jesus. And he cuts through the sin. He cuts through despair. He cuts through depression. He cuts through the darkness. He cuts through innuendo. He cuts through the lies that the enemy has. He cuts through compromise. As you shout and cry out the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, he'll meet you where you're at. I love the story of blind Bartimaeus. When, when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was walking by, he cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And they told him to hush. Hush, blind Bartimaeus. But you don't understand what it's like. You don't understand what it's like to be in darkness. Now, I don't understand what it's like to be blind, but I know what it's like to be in darkness. I know what it's like to be in a place of darkness. I know what it's like to feel like I'm never going to see light again. I know what it's like to feel that heaviness where that fog is on. And and I, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. And I'm just stuck wherever this darkness has me. And there's no hope. And blind Bartimaeus, when he heard Jesus was walking by, they told him to hush. He wasn't going to be told no. Because he knew that was his hope. He knew that was his freedom. He knew that was the ticket out of darkness. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Yes, amen. And Jesus healed him right there. Blind Bartimaeus just become Bartimaeus. That's it. The blind part fell off. The scales fall off. The darkness came off. He became a living vessel, glorifying God. And the Bible says this, when he began to see, he began to follow Jesus. God set him free. God opened his eyes. And from that day forward, Bartimaeus followed Jesus everywhere he went. He became a follower. He didn't say, hallelujah, I got my sight. Now it's time to go start my business. He didn't say, oh, hallelujah, I got my sight. Now it's time to go get married. It's time to go do what I truly want to do. No, he found the treasure his heart longed for. God touched him. And when God touched him, God bought him. He was purchased. He was purchased. God opened his eyes. God touched him. God spoke a word and said, be healed. Open your eyes and see. And he saw and he lived and he followed Jesus from that day forward. And you know, that's a, that's a micro picture of our lives. God does that to us. We, we, we're in darkness and somehow, some way, especially in our day, somebody's preaching Jesus. Somebody shouts the name above every name, Jesus. And something in you cries out and says, could that be hope for me? It, it, could I truly be saved? Could he forgive me of my sin? Wait, could he heal me where I'm hurting? Could, could God deliver me from the bondage that I'm in? Could God truly set me free? And in that moment, you reach out. And I, we, we commend Bartimaeus because when they told him to hush, he didn't. And you know, sometimes you get around church folks, they may say the wrong thing. They may look at you wrong. They, they may do the wrong thing. Don't let that stop you from getting to Jesus. Amen. Don't let anybody cause you to compromise on following God. Bartimaeus didn't. And he, he got, he got his sight. Bartimaeus didn't. And, and he became a disciple of Jesus. He followed Jesus. Because he wouldn't be told no. And sometimes you have to look past the crowd. How many of you know that, the? and I I talked about this at our last uh, message, but the the woman with the issue of blood. Do you know that the people didn't part like the sea for her? That's what we think. Oh, this is the woman with the issue of blood. She needs a healing. There's the Savior. Uh, Excuse me, guys. I need to get to Jesus. You need to get out of the way, make the way for me. But nobody got out of the way for her. Everybody was thronged around Jesus themselves. For good reasons or poor reasons, nonetheless, she just couldn't get where she needed to get. But you know what? Sometimes people would say, well, I guess they don't want me to get to Jesus. Well, they may or they may not, but do you? You have to make up your own mind that you want Jesus irregardless of whether somebody tries to stop you or not. Irregardless of the lies that Satan begins to whisper. Irregardless of the setbacks. Irregardless of the trials, the persecutions, the tribulations. Irregardless of the pitfalls, downfalls, darkness. That whatever may come your way, whatever they may say, you have to make the decision yourself that you're going to get to Jesus. And, and 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 I love that woman. She she and I you know hallelujah for her faith, right? I mean, hallelujah for that faith. She changed her life and her family's life and everybody around her's life, and we're still talking about her faith today. And I believe she's got a crown in glory awaiting her. But you know. I I think back and I look upon that in in, in the eyes of faith and I see this woman and, and the crowd and nobody's getting out of the way. How would you respond? If you knew, if you knew that Jesus was a deliverer and nobody got out of the way for you, everybody just impeded you, everybody stopped you, everybody hindered you, would you come after him anyways? Because I want you to know he's calling you. He's calling you. Because God loves you. God loves you. The Bible says that he's not willing that you suffer. He's not willing that you perish in your sins. He's not willing that you die and go to hell for eternity. He went to the cross. The Bible says that he went to the cross. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. As he went to the cross, he went for you. He went for you to the cross and he's calling you to himself. And if you'll believe on him, he'll open your blind eyes. He'll heal you of that eternal wound. You know, that woman with the issue of blood, it was nonstop. She went through 12 years of treatment and no doctor could heal her. Can I tell you something? When you've got a spiritual issue, there's nothing that a doctor can do. When you've got a spirit, sometimes it's a spiritual issue. And, and, and there's times that a doctor may look at you and say, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know. Let's just try to manage it. Let's just try to do this. Let's just try to pacify it, pamper it, plump it up, prop it up. Let's just try to, you know, deal with it. But there's times that you just need a touch from God. And that's what she needed. There was no doctor that could do anything for her. And you know, whenever you look at your own life and you look at the life of, of, of people around you, what they need, they don't need someone to give them a, 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 a rah-rah talk. They don't need a, 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 this, that, or the, what they need is Jesus. The, nothing else would have, would have touched this woman. Nothing else would have stopped that blood flow except for touching Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, there's only one way for somebody to touch Jesus, and that's by faith. And that's by faith. You've got to preach. that God came down on this earth incarnated in flesh that he went to the cross to pay a price that we owed that there was no other way for you to have hope except that God did that and God did do that and he shed his blood on Calvary's hill and he gave up his life he shed his blood on that cross he died and three days later he rose from the dead and by faith in who he is and calling on his name you too shall be saved that's the only way somebody can get saved, that's the only way somebody can get healed, that's the only way somebody can get set free. You can quote all that you want to quote, but that don't mean anything because you can take a parrot and you can take a Bible and that parrot can quote every word of that Bible and not be changed any better for it. The devil even quoted the Bible. You've got to believe it, you've got to confess it, and you've got to receive it by faith. And when you do, God will meet you in that place it is about receiving that word of life it is about receiving it and allowing God to transform you by the power of the spirit God's not going to be mocked you can quote all you want to quote but all that makes you is a a parakeet it's when you believe it and receive it and are changed by faith that everything begins to be new And God invites you to this new life. Well, there's. uh, I need to get into this passage, this Deuteronomy chapter 30. If you will, come with me down to verse number 19. And let's get on into this message. It says in verse number 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou, and thy seed may live. What is God's desire that you choose? Does God want you to die? Does God want you to be cursed? Does God want you to live in darkness? Does God desire that you go through the dark town? No. He wants you to choose him. He wants you to choose blessing. He wants you to choose a life. And as he speaks here through Moses, he's imploring the people to understand there's only two ways to live. You can live the blessed life or you can live a cursed life. God wants you to choose the blessed life. Amen. But there's no three ways. You, 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 there, there's no, there's no. Okay, there's God's way, there's the devil's way, and you know you're just special. So we'll just give you a new way for yourself. You know Frank Sinatra was famous for that song. I did it my way. And I've heard many evangelists say that's the theme song for hell. I did it my way. See, if you're gonna go to heaven, you're gonna have to do it God's way. You're gonna have to humble yourself and receive Jesus as your King. Jesus as your Savior. And, 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 and any other way will, any other way will keep you in your sins. So there's only two ways here. I love this part. I'm, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just a, you know, just from East Texas, right? I need it simple. You know, and God keeps it simple right here. There's blessing on this side, and there's curses on this side. And God wants you to choose the right side, and he may, He gives you a hint. He says, choose blessing, okay? Choose life. Now let's go to, go to verse 20. Why? He says, that both thou and thy seed may live, verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give them. Now, one of the things that I want you to see here is that there was these two these two decisions, right? These two decisions, blessing or curses. Now, many of you may or may not know this, but but whenever God was causing Moses to do this, he set them between two mountains. Mount Gerizim he called he called them to go on one mountain which was Mount Gerizim to to preach the blessings and then he calls them to go on the other mountain which is Ebal for the curses and so what they would do is they the one one group went up to the Mount Gerizim and they shouted out all the blessings that God, God would be for you God would encamp around you. God would protect you. He would deliver you. He would, he would be, you know, um, your provision. He would, he would be your protection. And then they would have the other group that would go on Mount Ebal, and they would shout out all the curses. God will turn you over to other nations. God will cause you to serve. God will cause you, you know, and they, they begin to preach all the curses. How many of you know what it's like to live a cursed life? I do. I'm not proud of it, but I do. I know what it's like to live a cursed life. Uh, I've been a drunk. I've, you know, I've lived on a street before. Uh, I've been in a place where I didn't want to be. I've done things I didn't want to do. And God saved me. And, and God saved me supernaturally out of that cursed life. And I don't ever want to go back to that, but I know that cursed life. You know, and, and, and it's hard. It, it taxes the soul. You can have somebody that's 30 years old that looks like they're, you know, 130 years old. Because the cursed life is hard. There's a lot of speed bumps in the cursed life. There is. But you can take someone that serves God. I mean, look at Moses. He was 80 years old when he went back to Egypt. I mean, you talk about newness of life. God remade that guy. Gave him new strength. Strength upon strength. God does that. Well, let me just share with you something. Now, I told you that I'm just simple. I'm from East Texas. Now, let's think about this. The, the blessing on one mountain is, is, is Mount Garrison. The, the curse on the other mountain is Mount Ebal. What's between two mountains? A valley. A valley. God put them in a valley of decision. God put them in that valley of decision, and he told them to decide which way they wanted to go. In other words, God let them make the choice. God is all about free choice. God is all about giving you the ability to choose the course for your life. God is all about giving you that decision. And, and so he, they were in this valley of decision. Ezekiel says they, they, there's, a, there's a valley of decision. And Joel talks about in this valley of decision, you've got to plot your course. There's not, when you're in a valley, there's only two ways to go. There's not three. There's only two ways to go, and in that valley of decision, they had to choose whether they were going to go after God or they were going to go after themselves. And, And you know, sometimes in the course of Israel's life, they chose the cursed life. Even Elijah, when he was up on Mount Carmel, he told him, how long halt you between two opinions? Will you continue to serve Baal or serve the Lord? That was all about because they were trying to continue to serve the gods of the world and Jehovah God at the same time. And Elijah, who was a prophet of God, God raised up for a special time, said, You can't do that. You cannot serve the gods of the world and the God of creation at the same time. You have to choose between two. How long are you going to stay between two opinions? And if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, the reason that we have such a hard time is because we're stuck between two opinions. Sometimes we know in our heart the right thing, but we do the wrong thing. And God's not mocked. God's not mocked. He says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, I know in churches that take up offerings, they'll use something like that to try to get more money out of folks, but that's not what that scripture's about. That scripture is there to tell you that if you sow to your spirit, you're going to reap of the spirit, but if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. If you continue to go after God, God's gonna continue to open up new ways in the desert for you, but if you go after the flesh... You will reap the benefits of the cursed life. And you cannot expect to live in both places at the same time. You can't live on one mountain on Sunday and another mountain on Monday. And most people are honest enough to know that. Most people know deep down in their soul that. But I want to share with you something else. I want to share with you something else. There's a way that the devil keeps you off of the blessed mountain. You may not even get to the curse Mountain. You know what it is? It's a word called indecision. Indecision. In- in- indecision is when you're coming up on a fork in the road. How many of you have been on a highway and you don't know whether you're supposed to exit or not? Well, you only got a short amount of time to figure that thing out. Because if you wait too long, you waited too long. And, and, and what the enemy does in our life is he'll sometimes cause us to delay. To delay, to delay, to delay, put it off another time, put it off another time. The valley of decision can become a source of indecision in your life. Indecision is a place that the devil keeps many well meaning people and he keeps them impotent and powerless. Because if you never go after God, if you never turn away from yourself and go after God, God will never pour out his spirit upon you. God will not share you with anyone else. You cannot expect to be baptized in the Holy Ghost while you're also walking in the fullness of your flesh. You have to empty yourself of the flesh and give God yourself, and God will give you more than you've ever needed. It is God's desire. It is God's gift to give the Holy Ghost to those that come after him. He desires to have you. He desires to inhabit you. He desires to empower you because he gets the glory as you allow him to live and move through you God is glorified he wants to live in you he wants to be your God he wants you to be his people that's his desire (laughs) but he's not going to have a rival the Bible tells us over and over there's only one God and he says beside me there's none he won't share the throne of your heart with none because there's only one God and there's only going to be one God for you and so God, God has us between these two mountains to make a decision. And a lot of times the devil says, okay, you don't have to be a sellout. You, 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 we were talking about David, how, how David was worshiping the Lord. And he got carried away with his dancing. And, and his wife looked at him and said, you are a fool. You, you, you done got yourself, uh, you know, undignified. Where's your dignity? And David said, I can get more, defi- I can get more undignified than this. I-, 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 I, can go- I can go more than this. You think I'm acting a fool now in praise and worship? If, if you think that, I'm going to show you. I'm going to turn it up a notch. Isn't that what that Cajun cook said? Kick it up a notch or something? And that's what David did. He turned it up a notch because he knew how awesome his God was. And he didn't care what people thought about him. He might have worshiped and his shirt got untucked. Oh, well. You know, that's, he, maybe he cried and his makeup got messed up. Well, or her, you know what I'm saying? But the, the makeup, and he didn't care what they looked like, didn't care what it sounded like. It was just all about giving God that heart of worship. And so when, when David did that, he was just letting all things go so that he could receive of God. Well, the devil, he knows that you don't want to act like that. And he'll whisper. You don't have to be like David. You, you see how pastors always trying to get you to do this, this, this. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sell out. You don't have to go all the way. You don't have to put your pedal to the metal. You don't have to go all in. You don't have to completely surrender. You don't have to be all that in a bag of chips for Jesus. You don't have to go all that. You can just stay right there. You're not robbing a bank, are you? You're not killing anybody. You don't mean anybody any harm. So you're, you're not over here just hitting all these speed bumps, committing felonies and all this kind of... You're not doing all that. But if the devil can keep you right there in that valley of indecision, is what I'll call it. Just in that place where you're not hurting nobody. You're just in neutral. Well, can I tell you a secret with God? There is no neutral with God. With God, you're going forward or you're going backwards. With, with, With God, he said that he would rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, he would spew you out of his mouth. And that lukewarmness is the valley of indecision that I'm talking about. That lukewarmness is in that valley where where you don't want to go all the way for God. You you don't want to look like a fool. You don't want to let it all out. When pastor says, sing louder, come on, let's clap. And you just go. And and, and so we want to stay in this place where we can keep ourselves reserved and we we can stay, let's just say it like this, where we stay in control. You stay in control. Well, can I I submit to you this? Who controls your life? Because if you surrender to God, He does. Is He your master? Is He your Savior? Is He the King? then we shouldn't stay in the valley of indecision any longer. We should go and press the gas pedal and get off that exit of the the indecision and get on that on-ramp and go forward with God into the blessed life. God has more for you, available for you, than you have today. God's desire is to make you new today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But you have to give him you. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can pray you to do that. You've got to be willing to do that. People can pray your heart to that place, but you've got to be the one to surrender. You've got to be the one to let go. You've got to be the one to pursue after him. The Bible says in in Psalm 42, like the heart panteth after the water. The other version says like the deer pants after the water, so my soul longs after thee. Is that you? Does God say that about you? Can God testify that that's you? Oh, when God looks at you, does he say, now that's one of my children that pants after me like water. That's one of my children that will come after me that, that hears my voice in the, in the desert, that hears my voice in the darkness. Like, like whenever uh, God calls you, you go. You don't fight with God. Now, what's one of the things I love about Gideon? Gideon. Gideon put out a fleece before God twice before he followed the call of God. But I tell you what, from that day forward, it didn't matter what God told him to do, he did it. God told him to do some ridiculous things, and he did them. And he didn't fight with God, he didn't barter with God, he didn't try to Jew God down, he didn't do any of that. He just did whatever God told him to do. From that day forward, he had given himself to God. He got out, in other words, he got out of the valley of indecision. He got out of the valley of neutral. He got out of the valley of lukewarmness. And he went over into that place where he was all that God wanted him to be. God did exceedingly abundantly more than Gideon could ever have thought. Gideon could have never imagined that he would have led an army of 300 to defeat the army of the Midianites. Now, there, there may be Midianites in your life that you think are just unconquerable. You don't understand what I'm like. You don't understand my family. You don't understand my family history. It's in my genes. It's in my past. It's who I am. All this stuff. Well, you know what? The hand of God, the hand of God can change all that. The, the God can make all things new. I love love that story whenever the woman was caught in adultery and and they cast her down beside Jesus. And they said, the law says to stone her, what do you say? And he went down with his finger and he began to draw in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote, but we can imagine. But immediately, immediately, the Lord looked upon her with eyes of compassion because they were there with bloodthirst, They were there to kill her. And they, they, they said, what do you say? And Jesus said, he who's without sin cast the first stone. Because none of them were without sin. In other words, none of them had the right to throw a stone. Because they were guilty of the same sin. And when, and when they all left, he said, woman... Where's your accusers? She said, there are none. He said, neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. I want to tell you something. That woman that was caught in adultery, she, she had every right to die that day, but she met Jesus that day. And, 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 and the, the, the religious folks, they had done sealed her fate. They had done written it in stone. They were ready to just go with it. And you know, the devil's like that. The devil will tell you all you are is who you were. The devil will tell you all you are is who you were. But you've got to make a decision that you'll be who God wants you to be. You've got to get out of the valley of indecision and follow God. Get out of that place of neutral, of who you once were, kind of flipping and floundering, and be who God wants you to be. Jesus told her in that moment, now go sin no more. In other words, she had a fresh start. And you know what? If you'll come out of the valley of indecision, God will give you a fresh start. God will give you a fresh start. He will. He's awesome like that. He's awesome like that. Let me share with you something else in Second. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, hallelujah. Well, I got to tell you, God is good, and there's a lot of times in our lives that we, through that valley of indecision, we're not sure whether God truly wants us. The devil will want you to stay right where you're at so he can keep you where you're at. Because as long as you stay in lukewarmness, as long as you stay in indecision, you're a sitting duck. Number one, you're not on the battlefield for the Lord. You know the song, when the saints go marching in, you won't go marching in. Lukewarm gets spewed out of the mouth. But number two is the devil, the devil can manipulate you if he can keep you in a place of indecision. Love how, how Elijah said it. How long halt you between two opinions? Amen? How long halt you between two opinions? You gonna serve Baal or God? Well, here I wanna just share with you a couple of verses here in, in, as we come down here. In 2 Corinthians chapter six, In verse number 17. Now, let me, let me come back up to verse number 16. It says, what agreement had the temple of God with idols? You know, I was talking about how God, God wants to pour out the Holy Ghost on you. But God's not going to pour out the Holy Ghost when there's a rival. What agreement had the temple of God with idols for you? Are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's a promise right there. And before I go on, there's a promise right there. God loves you and God's calling you to come out of the valley of indecision and be separate to him, and he said he'll receive you. You know, just like that woman with the issue of blood, just like the woman that was um, thrown at the feet of Jesus as an adulterer, God received them just like they were. They didn't stay the way that they were, but he received them just like they were. And if you'll come out from among the valley of indecision and come to God... He'll receive you. And i I tell you what, that's one of the things that I never thought would happen for me. I thought I had already blown it. I thought my sin had forever separated me from God. I never knew that I could know the feeling of, of cleanliness. I never thought I would ever feel that innocent feeling again. I never thought that my conscience would be restored. I never thought that 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 feeling of purity would ever touch my soul again. I never thought that I would ever have my heart restored. I never thought that I would truly have peace again. I never thought that I would live in the light of God again, but God spoke God spoke, and I cried out, and God cleansed me of my sin. And God's not willing that any of us perish in our sin. God's desire is that you, that you also receive newness of life by receiving him. That's his desire. His desire is not that you stay in that place of indecision. That's exactly where the devil wants you to stay. Right where you know this and you know that and you kind of do this and you kind of do that. That's exactly where the devil wants you to stay. And he said, if you'll just come after him, he'll receive you. Now, tell me this. Is there any condition on that? He didn't say, "If I'll receive you as long as you've only had one abortion, not two. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I'll receive you as long as you've only been you know, sexually impure twice, not three times. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I'll receive you if you're only bound by one drug, not two. He didn't say any. He said, you come out from among them, you be separated unto me, I'll receive you. You come to God by faith in Jesus Christ, he'll receive you. Just like you are, and he'll cleanse you and make you a new person in Jesus' name. He will. He will do it. He said he will receive you. You might say, well, nobody is rooting for me. Nobody is helping me. Look, if you'll come after him, he'll receive you. He'll do something in you. He said, if you, if you come out from among them, be separate, he'll receive you. Look what it says. He said, I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. God will be your father if you'll come out from that valley of indecision and come after God, he'll receive you like you are and he'll give you new life and he'll be your father. He'll be a father to you. You'll be his son or you'll be his daughter and he'll give you new life. Well, you know, one of the, I'm, I'm going to close in Mark chapter 10. I, I, I want to close here. In Mark chapter 10, One of the things about the valley of indecision is if the devil can keep us there, he'll keep us away from God. God's desire is that you come out from among them and to him. How many of you know that it's possible to, it's very possible, especially in today's culture, especially in American Christianity, to get the Christian bumper sticker but not have the indwelling presence of God in your life. And I'm just here to tell you that whenever God comes or whenever you die, it's not going to matter how many Christian bumper stickers you had. What will matter is whether you had the indwelling presence of God in your soul, whether you've been born again by the Spirit of God, whether you've been born a second time. Everybody here has been born once hope. Everybody here has been born in the natural, but have you been born in the spiritual? Have you been born in the spiritual? It's the greatest question. It's the greatest question. So in this valley of indecision, I just want to share with you the story of the rich young ruler. Y'all remember that story? You probably know that one. The rich young ruler, he had it all, but he didn't have God characterizes a lot of the church world today we got the lights the camera the show action we got all of that we got the fog machines we got the the music we got the the scenery we've got the LEDs and the the, all these things we've got everything but we don't have God this rich young ruler had it all he had the job he had a house He had goods, he had wealth untold, he had everything that the American dream offers. But he didn't have God. Well, sometimes we have to make that decision of whether we're going to pursue the American dream or God. There's a valley of indecision there. Do you know that not every high paying job's for you? You know that the devil would rather, if, he, if the devil has to open up a higher paying job to keep you out of God's will, he will. And one of my pastors down in New Orleans, he's a hero of mine in the faith. When God called him to ministry, so did the business world. The business world, he had an offer of a higher paying job. All you gotta do is not pastor that church anymore. Move to this town, you make six figures, all your dreams come true, blah, 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 blah. Every bullet point your heart ever desired is hit. All you have to do is quit the church. I thank God for his faith. Because he said he would rather have God. He would rather be in the middle of God's will than more money. And he resisted. He resisted. Well, well, you know, a lot of times we get into those places. that It's a valley of indecision. And this rich young ruler, I want to point something out to you. Maybe you didn't see this the first time you heard it. Verse 17. It says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him. And asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? I want to point this out to you. This rich young ruler came to him running. He knew who Jesus was. And he went running to Jesus. And he walked away. I just want to point that out to you. He ran to Jesus and kneeled down to Jesus, but in the course of their conversation, he walked away. Sometimes that, that excitement will run and yes, this is what I want. And then we find out we're going to have to let go of some things. To get out of the valley of indecision, we're going to have to let go of ourself. We're going to have to let go of our flesh. We're going to have to let go of our sin. We're going to have to truly be separated unto God. And this rich young ruler looked at Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, do all these things. The rich young ruler said, I did them. And he said, now, go take all that you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. In other words, Jesus wanted him to see that Jesus was the treasure. Right? You, you know, that we talked about the parable last week about the guy, he was walking through the field and he saw that this field was the greatest treasure and he went and sold all that he had so that he could buy that field. And Jesus wanted this rich young ruler to look at him like that. Hey, you came running to me, you kneeled down to me, you've said all the right things to me, but am I everything to you? Am I your treasure? And when he realized that Jesus wasn't the treasure, because Jesus said, it's me or the goods that you have, the same guy that came running to Jesus walked away from Jesus. Well, the valley of indecision is like that the valley of indecisions like that. Nobody likes to get called out. Nobody likes to get exposed. Nobody likes to have their issues put out there. Everybody likes to just stay in Comfortableville. Lukewarm, right? You run a bath for a kid, they don't want it hot or cold, do they? They want it lukewarm. Well, in order to serve God, you're going to have to come out of the lukewarm. You're going to have to come out of the comfort zone. You're going to have to come out of the valley of decision. And you're going to have to choose God. He's worth choosing. and, And here's the thing about it there's only one way of life. God put Mount Gerizim, blessing, and Mount Ebal, curses. There was no third way. There was no third way. You're on one of the two mountains.